we all have to wait around for a sec, so it's all going to be good. But welcome back to um, a new an- another fierce football feast. We got a little new technology today. We're going to figure out how this works all out. Uh, today with me we have Sal's Bombs, aka Jizzy Jake, aka Jake. Uh, say hey, Sal's Bombs. Hey. <laughs> uh, we also have Big Papa back with us. Big Papa. Hey, hoping for a better pick uh, pick week this week. Oh, we're going to get to that. Uh, and uh, uh, this this season's uh, uh, debut, uh, we have with us Dakota Slim or Slim Dog Millionaire. Slim, what's going on? Not much. All right. Well, we'll, we'll jump right into it. Just kind of want to talk through uh, a couple of things um, from last week before we get into this week's picks. Um, first of all, UConn never covered. Haynes, that was an awful pick. Um, 27 and a half point cover. You thought for sure that was, you doubled down on Jake's bad pick on top of that. And still UConn didn't even have a chance in the ball game. No, no, they didn't. I watched zero seconds of that game and I will watch zero seconds of that team for all eternity. <laughs> uh, well, we'll take it. Uh, moving on to UCLA, uh, Hawaii, um, UCLA actually absolutely owned Hawaii and that was Luke, you're slim. You were the only one to pick uh, that game um, for UCLA covering, and boy, did they cover! Yeah, what yeah. did you? What, what did? What were you seeing that that caused you to pick it's, them? Nobody else saw anything that suggested UCLA was travel. absolutely roll. The travel. It's the time zone change. Always get you. Got to play every 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 time they play a game. Well, the oh, first game, it really caught up to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, UTEP covers. Um, that was Jiggle Belly's uh, bad pick for all of us. We all had picked New Mexico State, but he was the only one to pick UTEP, and UTEP ended up covering uh, by 22 points. However, I did win my bad pick on on, on Big Pop on that game because the, uh, the over was not hit in the Battle of I-10 um, for this year. So good pick, Jiggle Belly. Um, and then finally um, – San uh, San Jose State um, uh, covers and hits the over. A bad pick on the under, Big Papa, as you were the only person to pick the under on that game. You were the only person what with a single wrong thing. <laughs> what were you thinking on that game? I mean, I guess I'm not a – what is that, the Mountain West Conference? I couldn't even tell you what conference that is, let alone how good those teams are. <laughs> Luke, uh, Slim, our, our conference um, uh, juggernaut, is San Jose State in, indeed in the Mountain West Conference? Yeah, they are. Let's see. When, they, play? they play USC this week? San Jose State? Yeah, they play somebody big this week. I don't know. Big if true. <laughs> um, but that gets us to the only Big Ten game uh, of last week, which was uh, the Fighting Bielema. Uh, uh, beating uh, Nebraska, going up something like twenty-two to or twenty-three to something at half. Um, uh, Jake or uh, Sal's bombs, Papa and I all picked uh, Illinois to straight up win uh, that game. I do want to talk through a, a couple plays from that game. First of all, the punt returner from Nebraska forgot how to play football. No, 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 no! You don't understand what he was trying to do. He he thought if I can just get into the end zone, I can throw it downfield. You obviously aren't aware of the rule change. You're right. I'm not aware of that rule change. 
um, for those of you, those of you, for those of you not unfortunately, aware, Illinois did not adopt that as a state. So, <laughs> uh, if they were playing anywhere else, it would have been it would have been good. That's right. Uh, I do want to talk through some Bishop Sycamore stuff uh, in a couple minutes as well. Um, but uh, speaking of uh, state uh, regulations, uh, so the punt returner uh, fields the punt at, a, at the two yard line, runs backwards into the end zone, takes a knee in the end zone. Not not on purpose, but uh, uh, takes a knee in the end zone and tries to throw the ball out of the end zone. The initial call was illegal forward pass uh, by rule of safety. They went back and reviewed it and found that his knee was down uh, in the end zone. Safety Illinois, uh, or safety for Illinois, uh, and they got the ball back. And then the other play I want to talk through was uh, the backup uh, quarterback. First of all, the only impressive unit on Nebraska's team that entire game for me was their defensive line. They were playing a pr- pretty high motor, going against a pretty um, uh, experienced group at, at, at Illinois uh, at the line. Experienced, you know, a couple JUCO transfers, a couple FCS transfers. Um, but Nebraska's D-line kind of set the pace for, for the entire ballgame, brought their – their first-string quarterback, who looks like he's going to be out for a couple weeks, uh, out of the game, and then absolutely—I've never seen a D lineman throw a quarterback in into the. Initially, when they they called the they called the personal foul, roughing roughing the passer, and then taunting on the guy, and I thought that's a bullshit call, and then I they replayed it, and I saw the way that. The, the D lineman suplex that that poor bastard from Illinois and already just just wears it. Already just, just wore it. Just gets up and says, "Thanks, thanks for the lead, bitch." <laughs> already went Actually, something. I think, he, I think he said, "Thanks for the tie, bitch." <laughs> already went something like twelve of fifteen on the game. I mean, a real good game for Artie. They didn't ask him to throw much. Um, they should have let him um, kind of air it out more than they did, but. Uh, on the know, defensive line front, can I just say that they had a good first quarter, but after that they didn't really provide much by way of stopping the run. You know, that little thing that, that happens in football sometimes. <laughs> uh, Big Pop, did you watch any of that game? Yeah, I mean, let, let's be honest. If if you would have told any of us before the game that washout Rutgers quarterback, Arthur Sikowski, who got beat out at IMG Academy by backup gopher quarterback, you know, Zach Annick said that he was going to lead Illinois to a victory over Nebraska. I would have said Nebraska or Iowa has or Illinois has no chance of winning that game. I thought that name um, sounded so he, familiar. And so he he certainly you know was shocking. Uh, it certainly shocked me. I mean, secondly, it's just it's comical the amount of times that Nebraska can just self destruct like. There, there was. If you look at the stats for that whole game, they had no business getting blown out. Yet every single opportunity they had to screw something up, just kill momentum, they were able to do that. That they turned a turnover on that play to thirty yards of. I think uh, Mondo, you were joking about that was Illinois' best play was getting the personal foul and and really just self destruction by by the Nebraska. So I. You're you're four now for Scott Frost and still not able to figure it out. I I don't know if there's light at the end of that tunnel. Scott Frost now has more wins in one season at um, at Central Florida or UCF than he does in his entire four three plus years at Nebraska. That's a great stat, Sal's bones. That's great. Um, and, and and I will say the player of that game is whoever was able to get in and put an eye patch 
on Adrian Martinez, so his depth perception was non-existent. Uh, I, I like, do why do you talk throw about... it 90 yards over your receiver's <laughs> head when there's nobody within spinning distance? I think Salzbaum's had a prediction prior to the game that Adrian, Adrian Mart- Martinez wouldn't throw, uh, you know, would his completion percentage would be under 50%. I'm sorry to say that's, that was incorrect. It was exactly 50%. Adrian Martinez went 16 of 32 for 232 you, yards. You did not see that little line do... underneath uh, the less than or equal to? Yeah, there you do we think Adrian Martinez has like a Ricky Vaughn major league situation where he just needs glasses or something like Could that be. to get get dialed LASIK. in? LASIK. Go see doc, doc, yeah, paging Doctor Whiting. Um, but Art- I thought he was gonna, I thought he was going to run for two touchdowns, and he did not. I was I was I I, I did not hit on that. I will say. I mean, talk about the swing uh, right at the end of the half when. Uh, Illinois gets that that thirty yard overturn because because Arter got just killed. Artie jumps back up, goes down and scores the touchdown. On the very next drive, Nebraska Adrian Martinez basically pitches the ball um, to the Illinois defense uh, wide open in space, and uh, and uh, Illinois takes it to the house. The question that we're going to have later on is. Uh, can Illinois win without a quarterback giving them two touchdowns uh, throughout the game uh, and whether or not Nebraska can actually score? Uh, But the question that I have about Scott Frost is, is his ass redder than his hair from being on the hot seat currently in Lincoln? Nope. It's white hot, so no. Slim, I know no, you. No, no further comment necessary. I mean, that's, <laughs> nope. Slim, I know you were watching the game. Any other co- comments on the Nebraska Illinois game from last week? It was so ugly. That was two really bad Big Ten football teams. What a what a way to break open the uh, open the season, both uh, from a Big Ten perspective, but also from a fierce football feast perspective. Uh, the current standings are. Uh, uh, Jiggle Belly and myself uh, have a seven and three pick record. Um, uh, Dizzle Schnizzle, uh, Slim, and uh, Sal's Bombs all have six and four records. And Big Papa pulling up the rear with four and six. Were you just picking different things to just be different last last week, or were you really committed to the picks, or just trying to get to the Big Ten season? I'm mostly tr- trying to get to the Big Ten season and not just go chalk like all you guys did. Got to mix it up a little bit. You, not you fun if we all have the same picks. You don't want to open yeah. it up too much. <laughs> He's got us right where he wants us. Um, uh, 10 picks last week. I think it's 18 picks this week. Uh, actually, it's 20 picks this week, so we'll go through that. Uh, and last week's bad picks, uh, Sal's Bombs, um, uh Myself, uh, Jiggle Belly, and Dizzle Schnizzle all pick up uh, the bad pick. Uh, Slim and Big Papa both lose on their bad picks. I think, Slim, your bad pick was uh, everybody um, picking against Nebraska, or what was it? Picking the under on that Nebraska game. I thought Nebraska might have been able to score another TD at the end. That I was I was I was sweating it. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we were close there. And Big Papa doubled down a little bit of gamesmanship to get across, get a, get against <laughs> Sal's bombs. But unfortunately, Sal's bombs picks up two on you last week. 
freaking Yukon. <laughs> have who would have no, thought? <laughs> thought you can't just walk in off the street after two years and compete in the Division One football? Who'd have, who'd have thought? Thought they had the element just thought they had the element of surprise. <laughs> they just they've been preparing for uh, uh, for for two years. Uh, but that brings me to the, the what I wanted to talk about is should we have a season long contest? For you know, overall picks that the loser has to do something you know very akin to um, the 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 fantasy charts challenge from the the Power Trip Morning Show. However, not necessarily possibly as severe. So just throwing it out there, seeing if anybody has any any takers on that. The loser has to uh, advocate for the hiring of Scott Frost at his next school. Oh, by writing a letter to the An athletic director. Letter to. <laughs> To their school, and then paying for 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 the Gophers, Luke for NDSU, Mondo for St. Thomas or Iowa, me for St. John's. I don't know, <laughs> Wisconsin. St. John's, he fit right in with the with the red. Yeah, yeah, that would that would look really good. Uh, before we, hey, it worked for Brett Beal or uh, who is it, Bo Pelini. It worked for him to go down to the lower level, so maybe it could work for Scott Frost too. <laughs> Nebraska coaches going to coach at lower levels. I don't think it really worked very well for Pelini because he got a DC job at LSU and then didn't he get fired the next year? Wasn't he at Youngstown State? Isn't he still at Youngstown State? Time to fact check. No. He, he was a defensive coordinator at LSU. I think he was defensive coordinator at LSU thought, like two I years ago. Bo- I thought Bo Pelini was still coaching, or he had coached at Youngstown he State did. for a while, but maybe not. He did. He did. Uh, yes. He coached at Bo Youngstown State for five seasons and then was defensive coordinator at LSU in 2020 and is currently out of a job. <laughs> he got Actually, fired I think from LSU. Stay at Youngstown State. I think Bishop Sycamore is hiring him. <laughs> Have you guys been following this thing head at coach? all? Nope. It's bizarre. Okay, so... ESPN during a high school game last week. So it's IMG Academy playing a school, a quote unquote school called Bishop Sycamore out of Ohio. And uh, they apparently sold to ESPN that they had like tens and dozens of division one recruits on their team. And then they just get their ass kicked by IMG. So at halftime, the ESPN announcers on the broadcast are like, I, I, unfortunately, audience, we're, we apologize for this. We think we've been duped by the the Bishop Sycamore uh, administration into the caliber of their football team. So then people start looking into it because ESPN's all pissed off. Bishop Sycamore is not a school. It's one of these, like, fraudulent schools ran by, like, this, this asshole who, like, keeps moving the address for the school around. And I apparently it's just like a home address. It's just, it's yeah. just it, was, it was like a, a Riddell Performance Center or something like at Franklin University or something like that. And so they're like looking into it. And this guy recently also had a different quote unquote school that he did this at that he racked up like three hundred thousand dollars in debt and like never paid it off and just changed the name of the school. <laughs> and the 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 biggest rumor about it all is like there was a person from Bishop Sycamore uh, who blew their ACL out in the middle of the game. <laughs> Like I think when they went to the hospital, they found out he was like a thirty-four-year-old dude. <laughs> they, yeah, I mean, their coach has like an open warrant out for his arrest. Yeah. I think we also came out and like 
I think half of at least half of their team were like JUCO college dropouts, <laughs> and so it's just, but it, <laughs> you can't make this but, stuff up. They played a game on Friday yeah, too. They, I think it was the other thing was like they played a game on Friday in Ohio, and then got on a plane and played another game against IMG on, on Sunday, Sunday down in Florida. Two days later, <laughs> uh, crazy crazy story. ESPN of course is pointing the fingers to the uh, to the management company that kind of sets these up. Uh, it's the old, it's the same management company that actually started with the Oak Hill uh, uh, LeBron James matchup uh, for, from ESPN that they've been kind of leaning on for years. I'm assuming it's the same uh, company that uh, did the the Tyus Jaleel Okafor matchup in um, at the AVHS gym. Um, but uh, yeah, blame around. But ESPN during the broadcast couldn't believe it. You know, uh, we've been <laughs> we've been duped by Bishop Sycamore High School out of Ohio. If if only there were like several recruiting websites that could have helped him validate yeah. that stuff before he got to that point. But right. literally anything, any any kind yeah. of checking at all, ever. I mean, I mean, even just googling like top ten high school football teams in Ohio. But I mean, that would have probably throwing some red flags out there when they're not showing up in there. I guess in 2018 they scheduled IMG and then they were going to play it in Ohio but they couldn't find a facility to quote unquote hold all the fans so then they said that hey we're going to go hold it we want to come down to Florida and IMG was like fine come down to Florida and I guess like a week before the game they like called IMG and they're like hey we're having cash flow issues can you front travel costs for, for our team to get down no. to Florida so IMG canceled the game but then in 2020 because IMG was so light on their covid schedule they did play them and beat them like 38 to 7 uh, or something like that down in Florida and this was kind of the rematch or the or the rubber match so what a wild story um just thought I'd bring it up cuz it was timely was there any? There's still hope for all. Of us. <laughs> was there any other topics you guys wanted to talk about before we got into today, uh, this week's games? No, nope. oh, that was that was the one. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into it. I do want to start off with a Temple at Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers is coming into this. Oh, Slim. Rutgers is coming into this game as 14 and a half point favorites. Uh, we currently have the over and under set at 51 and a half points. Uh, Rutgers, of course, went three and six in 2020. Uh, that was um, uh, all three wins were on the road in 2020. So interesting enough, Piscataway must not be uh, an hospitable place for the Scarlet Knights. Um, and uh, Temple was one and six in 2020. And of course, uh, Temple has a brand new head coach last year because they got punked in that Manny Diaz thing where he came for two weeks and like changed all that shit up and then was like, fuck it, I'm going back to Miami after Mark Richter tired. Um, this is Shiano's, of course, second season back, but uh, a familiar face as the D coordinator for uh, for Rutgers in Rob Smith. I don't know if that's going to bode well for the, for the Scarlet Knights, but uh, Slim, do you think Rutgers can cover 14 and a half points? Yeah, I it's a home game for them. I'm, I think they're actually kind of a legit team this year. Like they're kind of turning the corner with um, uh, is it Shiano, their new coach from last year? Yep, I think he's a pretty good college coach. I don't know if he did much in the pros, but I think they cover on this one. And then uh, Big Papa, you think they cover? I do. I, I think that. I mean, they got. It's kind of funny that. Nebraska cast off Noah Vedral now at Rutgers. I think he's able to to lead them to a win. I think uh, Temple's bad team, bad coach, not necessarily a bad coach, new coach, 
lot, not a lot of faith there. So yeah, definitely think good start for Rutgers. Sales bombs. Well, if, if memory serves me correctly, Shiano was the coach in the NFL who used to tea kettle the center um, on the victory formation. As much as I'd love to pick against that, I have to. I have to go with Butkers on this one. But I am. I am going to take the Greg Shiano defense uh, being the being the strength of this game, and I got to take the under. Oh, Jake's under for sure. Not because not because not because of Rob Smith. This is because of Shiano. Yeah. <laughs> Slim, are you taking the under or the over? Over. Ooh. Uh, I am going to take, uh, you know, Rod Carey, the, uh, the the current head coach at Temple, uh, seemed like the last girl at the bar uh, when uh, when Temple needed a, a, a brand new head coach uh, when Manny Diaz punked him. Rod Carey obviously came from Northern Illinois, was there from t- 2012 to 2018. Uh, I don't have any faith uh, in Temple at all. I have Rutgers covering, and I think that this may be the only time that you'll ever hear me say, I think I have Rutgers covering a 14.5-point spread. Uh, but I also am going with the under as well. So what I have there is all of us saying that Rutgers covered, uh, and Slim is the only one saying that the over is going to be hit, correct? Okay, I think I want to save Ohio State-Minnesota for the last because I think we're going to have some significant discussion about that, which brings us to Michigan State at Northwestern. Northwestern comes into this game as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Evanston is a notoriously terrible place to play. However, with a year of experience with Big Ten teams not having any fans in the stands, that may not be the case in 2021. Uh, Michigan State was 2-5 and five last year. Uh, one of their wins was against Northwestern. Um, and Mel Tucker uh, has never had a winning season, either in the NFL or the NCAA. Uh, for those of you who were aware, he was Jacksonville's interim head coach for, for a period. Uh, but Northwestern was 7-2 and two in 2020. Uh, change in the coaching ranks at Northwestern, a new defensive coordinator uh, in Jim O'Neill in their first year as Mike Hankwitz uh, did uh, hang it up after 13 years as the defensive coordinator in Northwestern. Northwestern, known for their stout defenses. Uh, how does that play into the Wildcats' defense moving forward? Uh, Salzbombs, do you have Northwestern being able to cover a three-and-a-half-point spread, which it seems like all Northwestern spreads are three, three-and-a-half, four, four-and-a-half, uh, or are you taking the, 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 the Spartans to, you know, pull off a, an against-the-spread win at least? Um, I'm taking M- Michigan State um, plus three-and-a-half. I, I just think that both teams are replacing a lot. I, th- I know Northwestern is replacing literally all of their production. Um, and I think they maybe are returning one or two guys off their defense last year. So, um I'm I'm just gonna say that both teams suck, and Michigan State's gonna win, and it's gonna be under forty four and a half. Papa, both of those. Um, Northwestern's offense is gonna, offense is gonna be putrid. They're, they're losing. I think their top two or or three wide receivers, top two or three running backs, their starting quarterback. And that was off of an offense that was already pretty awful. So I don't even want to know what it's going to look like. It's going to be a real ugly game. I'm thinking 13 to 10 or maybe not even that many points being scored. So under and Michigan State to win outright. I I don't even think they need the extra points. Slim? Yeah, I thought I was going to have like the hot take. And (laughs) 
I think Michigan wins too. Michigan State. Um, and does it seem like every game at Ryan Field is like really boring and disappointing and like a 14 to 9 type of game where there's just no action? Or is that just me? Well, it seems the only thing that could make this worth is if worse is if it's like in a monsoon. Like I that I'm I don't know what the weather forecast is for Saturday in Evanston, but I just imagine like a monsoon, just sloppy ten to ten to nine. Is game. Ida gonna get That's there? Exactly what I picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Slim, do you have the over or on the under? Under. Under Northwestern might not score forty four points the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> what was that graphic you showed us last week, Big Papa? Is a, a triple event. The Venn diagram of everybody counting Northwestern as a win. <laughs> uh, I also thought I was going to have a hot take here at, <clears throat> at Michigan State, uh, straight up to win. Uh, I'm going to take them to cover three and a half. I am, ever, however, going to take the over. I think uh, with Whoa. defensive changes at, at Northwestern, I don't think it's going to be too much of a stout defensive battle. And really, we're talking, you know, a 23 to 22 game uh, to hit that over. So uh, I'm going to take the over, but it sounds like we're all, everybody else is taking the under on this. So you think Michigan State is going to gather enough offense when they couldn't do that with a quarterback whose last name is Lombardi? <laughs> I never said anything about their offense. I think their team's going to score. How about that? <laughs> also, Jake, okay. hot or big sales bombs. Hot take last week on the Hawaii UCLA game not happening due to the Delta. So uh, <laughs> they did they did beat the Delta variant. Yeah, uh, we're gonna bypass Wisconsin, Penn State. Come back to that a second to last. Uh, actually, third to last. Um, uh, Western Michigan's going into uh, Ann Arbor as sixteen and a half point dogs. Uh, Michigan was two and four in 2020. They only beat Rutgers and, of course, the Gophers. Uh, new defensive coordinator, new co-offensive coordinator. Tried to switch up the staff there to save Jim Harbaugh his job. Uh, Western went four and two in 2020 in 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 some action. Western, of course, was uh, PJ Flex uh, uh, claim to fame. Uh, is there absolutely any way that Michigan can cover a 16 and a half point spread? Uh, when Jim Harbaugh is all but already fired. And we'll start with Papa. Yeah, I actually think they are going to cover. I, I, I think that, I don't know, I, I, I have no good reason, but I just feel like this is a game they're going to they're gonna come out and play well. I think Harbaugh, every time his back's been against the wall, it seems to manage to pull a rabbit out of a hat. So I, I believe in this. This game, they're going to win, and they're going to win quite heavily. And then over and under on, on six. Mike, Mike Hart bringing the mat. Mike Mike Hart's bringing some magic back to the program. And then um, uh, over and under a sixty-seven uh, points. I'm going to take the under on that one. Um, Michigan's going to score a lot, but Western Michigan's not going to score enough to get past sixty-seven. Slim. Michigan seems like a team that's like not good, but they beat up on the really bad teams. Like the 2006 AVHS high school team beating up on Kennedy High. 62 to 14. So I'm going to take them to cover and I'm going to take I'm going to take the the under. And they're going to pitch a shutout. Ooh, hot take. 
I do think Michigan's I do think Michigan's defense is gonna be better than expected. Styles, what do you think? You you've been shaking oh your head God. this whole time. I, I can I could not disagree with what you guys are saying more. I I do not trust a Cade McNamara as far as I can throw him. Uh, Western Michigan is returning the most efficient quarterback um, in all of Division One football, as well as their top three receivers, top two running backs. I got Western Michigan, and I got the over. And Western. I also have a baby. Give me give me a sec. I actually have Western covering too, but I have the under. Uh, I think 16 and a, and a half points for a team that is just, you know, constantly on the hot seat. I don't think that they're going to be able to cover over two touchdowns. Uh, even though it is in Ann Arbor, I think Western's going to come in uh, a little hot. I think Michigan will win, uh, but I don't think we're going to hit either the, uh, the over under. So I'm taking the under and I'm taking Western Michigan to, um, uh, to, to be within 16 and a half. Uh, brings us to the another game that and nobody, absolutely nobody outside of Sal's Bonds cares about. So we're going to actually wait on that one. Uh, we'll go to Oregon State at Purdue. Uh, Purdue is favored in a football game uh, at six and a half point favorites, over and under at sixty eight and a half. Uh, Purdue was two, two and four in twenty twenty. Brand new defensive coordinator uh, in Purdue. Um, the Beavers were two and five in twenty twenty. Let's just put it this way: Oregon State is not good. Uh, they haven't been good. I think they went two and ten, four and eight. Uh, and then two and five last year. Uh, they are not a good football team. Uh, good thing the coaches have kept the entire coaching staff the exact same uh, in Corvallis for the past now four years. Um, so I'm not expecting um, any change here. Uh, I have Purdue covering, and and but I don't think it's going to be a, a big scoring match. Uh, so I'm taking the under on 68 and a half. Big Papa, what do you got? Yeah, I agree. I mean, close to 70 points for, for anybody is a lot, and I, I don't trust that Oregon State's going to be able to contribute their fair share to get to, to close to 70. So Purdue is not a great team, but Oregon State's really terrible. <laughs> Slim, what do you got? Yeah, 68 and a half just seems like a really big number. And Purdue's offense is probably good enough to hit that with against a bad Oregon State team, but I'm still going to take the under, and I'm going to take Purdue to cover. Sounds like... As long as Purdue's, as long as Purdue's defense can have some semblance of efficiency, they're going to win that game. I, their offense, I think, is good enough to, to score with, with Bell... They'll they'll be able to go move up and down on a crappy Pac-12 defense. It's just their defense just needs to keep it under thirty, and they'll win. Yeah, I just I to 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 Slim's point, seventy points is I mean sixty-eight and a half points is crazy ridiculous. Um, now I, you know that being said, I do, I think I do think the uh, point totals in the Big Ten have been kind of trending upwards, but I don't think uh, upwards to that that much. Uh, which brings us, we're going to come back and get Big Papa's pick. Uh, for both Oregon's or, or Sal's. sorry, Sal's, Sal's picks. Thank you, Papa. Uh, but I do want to go to the Roadrunners uh, of Texas San Antonio going into Illinois. Uh, Bielema starting 1 0, right? Uh, Artie will be back at the helm uh, because Brandon Peters is going to be out for an extended period of time. However, the only thing that Bielema would say uh, is that it's not a season ending injury. So thank you for that. 
Uh, UTSA was seven and five last year, uh, and then the question I have is: Can Illinois win without the other team's quarterback giving them uh, the ball uh, three times and you know handing them a touchdown at the end of the half? Uh, I'll I'll start us off here. I actually have uh, UTSA within five and a half. I think I don't. I'm not buying the Illinois hype. If there is any hype about Illinois at this point, I'm not buying it. Uh, I think the Roadrunners get within five and a half. I'm not so sure that they win, and I'm not willing to to, to put a hot take out with that. But I think that they hit the over uh, of of forty nine and a half uh, for me, Papa. What do you have? I think the over here is definitely the play. I I actually am kind of a believer in Illinois. I I, I don't think that they're going to threaten for the Big Ten West by any stretch of imagination, but they seem to be able to move the ball at least somewhat well against a decent Nebraska defense, and I certainly don't think UTSA is going to be leaps and bounds better than that. Um, And and also I would say not all of the, the ball bouncing their way was complete randomness. I think their defense played well enough to win. I think they're going to do that again. Bielma, as I said on our first call, I don't think we can understate how awful of a coach that Lovey Smith was at Illinois. Brett Bielema is a very competent Big Ten coach. He's going to get a lot out of some really senior players. I think they're going to win this game. I'm not going to say they're going to route, but I certainly think they can win by a touchdown. Slim, what do you got? <laughs> I think Illinois just wins one last week by sheer incompetence of Nebraska, so I have no faith in him. And Bielema is a uh, he's a he's got experience as a Big Ten coach, but I think I read a stat somewhere where like new Big Ten coaches are like they have a, a two hundred winning percentage um, in their first year, so I expect some more losses out of Illinois yet to come this season. And so if they're going to catch up with that stat line, they're going to lose this game. <laughs> <laughs> you're call, you're picking them to lose? Just, yeah. I like it. I just, hey, going going back to the conference discussion, I, again, what what is UTSA in conference USA? Yes. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't how, even think how, of how is when. Illinois, a Big Ten team, only a five and a half point favorite over a non-conference UTSA opponent. Like, have you? I, I think they've turned out a couple of good players, but literally didn't even know they had a program. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I still think I think Illinois is not a great team, but I think they're better than we're giving credit for. I, they're gonna, I, as I said last week, they're gonna be absolutely dreadful next year. Just awful. They have something like twenty super seniors this year, so fifth or sixth year guys. They got a ton of experience. They're gonna be able to grind out some wins here. Next year, they're gonna be just a bunch of freshmen, and they're gonna get clobbered. Uh, and Slim, do you have um, do you have the over or the under? Oh no! Did we, frozen, did, frozen in time. Sorry about Slim? that, guys. Oh, there you are. We got you, Slim. Slim, do you have the over, the under? Uh, under. All right, uh, Sal's bombs. We're going to come back and get a different game, but we are picking uh, University of Texas San Antonio at Illinois. Uh, Illinois five and a half point favorites here. What do you have on that and the over/under of forty nine and a half? 
Uh, I got San Antonio and I got the under. So, Big Papa was the only one to take Illinois. Uh, and, uh, but he has the over, I have the over, and you and Slim have the under. I do want to get your take on Purdue, Oregon State. However, um, uh, uh, Purdue six and a half point favorites with a sixty and sixty eight and a half point over under. What do you have on that, Sal's? Uh, I got Purdue. I got uh, a, a strong offense is 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 never going to be in doubt at Purdue, um, and I'm going to take the over because they, they're not going to play defense. And I think uh, transfer out of. Oh, uh, where was it? Uh, it was named the starter at, at Oregon State recently. Um, transfer out of Colorado. Thank God the Gophers don't have to play him. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that guy. Ryan Lindsay? I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't remember what that's the name the, was. That's the, quarter, that's the running back that made the Broncos that Gus Johnson was. Lindsay! No? no. Is it Philip yeah, Lindsay? Probably. Uh, okay, uh, the last game before we get to our marquee games here is Fordham uh, at Nebraska. Nebraska is 40. Hey, what happened to Maryland? We're going to go back to that because Sal's cares about it. So we're going to go Maryland, Iowa, uh, Wisconsin, or Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa, and then Minnesota. Um, I, so I care about the Maryland game? I didn't realize you cared about well, Maryland. Well, last week he was talking all about how he was kind of excited to see what Maryland does this season and that. I'm always excited to see what Maryland. I'm excited to see what Illinois does. I'm excited to see what Scott Frost does. So, go big speaking time. of Scott Frost, uh, they are coming into a game with against FCS Fordham uh, as 41 and a half point favorites, with only an over and under set at 55 and a half. Um, Fordham is obviously playing in the Patriot League. Uh, they were two and one in 2020 and four and eight in 2019. The real question here is how bad is Nebraska, and can anybody cover a 42 point spread? Uh, in college football. We'll start with Siles since you were just... Oh, good. I'm so glad you started with me on this one. You know, uh, recently, Scott Frost uh, said that he had to close half of the playbook uh, when Illinois lined up uh, the way they did. (laughs) So I think he learns from his mistakes and he doubles the size of his playbook so he has the equivalent of one playbook. I, I I think Scott Frost thinks that this is going to be some kind of statement and he just he he puts the throttle down. I'm taking Nebraska and the over. They might get 43 points, <laughs> but it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna cover and it's gonna get me the over. Papa, well, I learned my lesson last week about taking awful teams um, and expecting them to magically cover. So, like I, as much as I hate Nebraska, I'm going to take Nebraska and the over as well. Um. But it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be ugly. Slim, our resident FCS expert, how bad is Fordham? <laughs> Fordham's terrible. They're they're in the worst um, FCS league, which is the Patriot League. It's a non-scholarship league, and um, if you can't compete in that in Division One FCS, then you don't have no shot against um, Nebraska. But I, I do think you guys have a good point on, on Nebraska just taking out their frustrations from last week. But after watching um, Adrian Martinez, uh, I will never 
pick Nebraska to cover the spread the rest of the year. I'm going to learn from week one. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to take Fordham and the 41 points. Uh, the over I'll, the under and a half. And and then I'll take the under as well. Yeah, Luke or Slim, I'm going to mirror your pick. I think uh, Big Papa to your point, picking bad teams. This is a bad team plus two touchdowns from what UConn couldn't cover last week. Forty-one and a half points against the Nebraska office that can only be described as anemic. I can't imagine if Fordham heard Scott Frost say that they, the way that they lined up, Fordham may come to the line with one down lineman and, and ten people playing up in their stands just to get you know three quarters of the playbook eliminated. So I I have zero faith in Nebraska until they prove me prove me wrong. I hope you know I hope for the Big Ten. And Nebraska comes out and goes 80 to, to 7 here. That's not going to happen. This is not Tom Osborne coaching the, these Huskers. They have zero talent. I mean, who from their skill players was even, you know, eye opening uh, for Nebraska against an Illinois team that, yes, probably have not been. You cannot say that they don't have talent. Adrian Martinez is a talented running back, maybe a wide receiver, <laughs> and, and he is going to rush. For four touchdowns, probably over 200 yards, and he's going to have a completion percentage of 51.1. <laughs> I I thought their wide receivers didn't look atrocious in the game. I mean, it, they well. didn't have a quarterback to throw him the ball. They didn't have a quarterback to throw him the ball. But how can you say think... that then? If they didn't make any plays, how can you say that? Were they good blockers? <laughs> They had a couple of this, nice This matches. pick is not an endorsement of Nebraska. <laughs> Keep that in mind. I am not endorsing Nebraska here. I am saying that in their in front of their sold-out crowd, which I'm sure you guys saw the, the, the articles on that, uh, there's wealthy boosters that artificially sell out games if they don't mm-hmm. actually sell out. In front it's of their like, sold-out crowd, Frost knows that he's on the way out, so he has to put on some kind of, I don't know, display I, like I, I don't i don't know what you would call it like beat the shit out of them and and hopefully uh get that adrian martinez uh heisman hype back up <laughs> it's like it's like uh nebraska should follow illinois suit and move their old quarterback to wide receiver in isaiah williams uh, and you know, move Adrian Martinez out to wideout, and you know, get Luke McCaffrey back from Rice in an immediate <laughs> cap and trade. Um, uh, I, I just uh, and to the to the boosters, you know, selling out games. That's like Fox Nine buying the last three thousand tickets at the Metrodome so that they could broadcast the the Vikings games. Vikings so, games. Uh, I we'll see. I can't wait to watch what the what the ride is from Nebraska for the rest of the for the rest of the year. But brings us. To what I find as the just the the game that I care the least about this week, West Virginia the Mountaineers go into Maryland, uh, where they are what the where West Virginia is two and a half point favorites, over and under set at fifty six and a half. <clears throat> Maryland was uh, two and three last year. Uh, they do have a new offensive coordinator. So Sal's, I don't know if that's what you were referring to last week when you were saying a new coach, um, uh, but I'm hoping that Tua's brother uh, can uh, can proliferate uh, under a new offensive coordinator. West Virginia obviously played a full schedule because they were in the Big 12 and they don't believe in COVID uh, in 2020 and went six and four. <clears throat> Does the 2020 experience for the Mountaineers allow them to cover a two and a half point spread on the road uh, in College Park? We'll start with Slim. 
Um, I think I've watched two Maryland games in the last two years, and they just, I don't know what to make of them. Against the Gophers last year, their quarterback looked like the younger brother Talia looked like Tua and torched us, except in the other game that I watched them against Penn State, they got crushed. So uh, they're so like Jekyll and Hyde to me. I have no confidence in Maryland ever. So country roads over crab cakes. West Virginia covers. And the over under. And they hit on the over. Papa? Same here. Maryland. Until Maryland has some more consistent coaching and performance, I'm going to really hesitate to ever pick them. Um, definitely hitting the over, too. I, I This seemed like a very achievable 56. It seems kind of like it's going to be the the mid-30s mid to lower-30s kind of game. And Sal's. Actually, Sal's, um, let me give you the last word on this as the resident okay. Maryland expert. Thank uh, you. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to take uh, Maryland uh, at two and a half. Uh, I think um, I don't think West Virginia is very good. I'm also going to take the over. There's no way a Maryland Big 12 matchup stays under 60 points. Um, so uh, I'm going to slam that over as hard as I can. I'm not so confident in the Maryland pick, but uh, I, I, I got to believe that West Virginia is not very good, and I hope that Maryland's better. But, you know, I'm, I'm betting my heart here and not my head. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going I'm to mirror exactly what you said, Matt. Um, A, West Virginia plays in the Big 12. I think we all know about defense in the Big 12. Unfortunately, they don't know about defense in the Big 12. Um, and, Luke, to your point, uh, Penn State had a quite competent defense last year. Gophers did not. Uh, so West Virginia is going to have a shit defense, and um, I think I think Talia is going to take him take him to the woodshed. So I didn't, got Maryland. Didn't Penn State lose like six games last year? They weren't even five hundred. <clears throat> their, de- their defense was their defense was pretty good though. I think they were top twenty five. You know what? That's a great segue uh, into one of our premier games uh, of the week. Uh, Penn State's coming into Madison uh, on Friday night. I'm actually having dinner like right by the stadium, so I'm hoping I can get out of there before uh, before the rush happens. Uh, the Badgers were a disappointing four and three last year, um, bringing a um, uh, against or going against a Penn State program that was four and five last year. Uh, Penn State has a brand new uh, offensive coordinator in Mike Urick, who should be known from uh, his Oklahoma State days from 2012 to 2018. So he has. Uh, experience running uh, a very prolific offense, but again, in a Big 12 that doesn't know anything uh, about uh, about defense. Um, uh, however, Penn State did win their final four games. Uh, do they carry on this momentum against the Wisconsin Badger team uh, that uh, last year it's transferred play calling duties away from quite possibly the best play caller in the Big 10 uh, in uh, Paul Christ uh, to Joe Rudolph, uh, Joe Rudolph has been relinquished of those duties uh, this year, uh, and Paul Chris will be resetting uh, and reestablishing himself as the play caller uh, for uh, for Wisconsin. Can Graham Mertz and the newly named starting running back for the Wisconsin Badgers in Ches Malusi uh, get out a win and eke out a five-and-a-half-point win uh, against Penn State in Madison? We'll start with you as the only graduate from the University of Wisconsin, Big Papa. What do you got? Uh, no, I, I I think 
I, I, I'm firmly on the I don't believe in Graham Mertz train until proven, proven otherwise. And so I, I'm picking Penn State here. Um, I, I don't think that Wisconsin has the running game that can keep them holding on the ball long enough to control the game like they historically always have. So I'm, I'm going to pick Penn State here. Um, I It's going to be close, um, but certainly with the five and a half points, they should be able to cover. And I- I, I'm also going to go kind of out on a limb here and, and actually pick um, the – well, no, I guess it's not really a limb. I think I'm going to take the under here. I'm going to predict this one's going to be like 28-21 in favor of Penn State. I think they're going to win out right. 28-21 is a half point away from the over-under. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for that, uh, Papa. Uh, Sal's, what do you have? Um, I, I think – there, there's a lot of there's a lot of good things that Graham that that Hayden said. I don't believe in Graham Mertz. Uh, he hit uh, over 50 completion percentage twice last year. Um, one time he hit it directly on, um, and neither of those games was against uh, uh, what I'm going to consider a, a, a defense. Um, I, I go back and forth because also Wisconsin's defense gave up what one regular season rushing touchdown. To who? Um, but Penn State returns almost all of their production. The only guy they lose on their offense is Fryermuth, and he opted out halfway through the season last year. Uh, I'm, I'm going Penn State, but I am going to take the over. And with all the drama in that Wisconsin running backs room uh, lately, um, I don't know if they're going to be able to get away from that. They might have wanted an extra extra day uh, to escape that. Uh, Wait, what? What's the extra drama? Well, well, get off, off the team. Got kicked off the team yesterday. Oh, freshman. They're, they're, they're not real running backs. They're no. just they were they're on scholarship. They were on scholarship. Slim, what do you got? Well, I'll start with the the layup. I think this is a no-brainer underpick. I think Wisconsin has like probably the best defense in the Big Ten. Did they lose anyone last year from? And their defense was pretty good. Some defensive linemen. Loud Louder Milk is he still there? No, he's gone. Well, that sucks. But I still have a lot of faith in their defense and think they're pretty good. I am also on the fence on Mercy, but. I think last year um, was just such a disjointed year because he had, I think he had COVID at one point and he missed a ton of time. He did. Um, After the Illinois game, they went so, out to party too hard. I think he, I think he only missed actually one game though because I think one of their games. Oh got, yeah, that's right. Got, but got, one uh, game, but how canceled. many practices? And I, so you guys, you guys were hating on Graham Mertz. To me, he sounds like a jackass, but. Um, I don't think I think he's that bad good, of a good player. Good for you for not hating on him, Luke. Well, so I'm gonna. I'm actually. I think Wisconsin will win this by a touchdown, and I'm gonna take the over. You just said the under. You just said you were taking the or under. under. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, well, the 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 I buried the lead. Uh, Graham Mertz gets back his top two wideouts in Danny Davis and and Kendrick Pryor uh, for this year. Um, 
loss of huge loss of production last year. Last year they were also dealing with uh, some sign stealing issues where Graham Mertz was having to run back and forth to the uh, to, to the sidelines to get the plays from again Joe Rudolph, who is not Father Chris. Uh, <clears throat> I think Wisconsin covers here, but I do think that uh, it, it is the over. Uh, I think Wisconsin may you know you know actually hand the ball off on one of their jet sweeps one of these games. Uh, I don't know how much, how often Paul Chris can do that action without actually giving uh, that, that, that uh, Z sweep the ball. Uh, so I, I, I think Wisconsin wins by a touchdown, and I think um, it is on the over because I, I think Penn State's offense is uh, going to be uh, a little better than it was last year. But I also have zero faith in Penn State's defense. Uh, in losing, um, you know, their top linebacker to the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, that's a huge hit for Penn State, uh, a.k.a. linebacker U, which I challenge. But uh, I think Wisconsin covers here, and I think the over uh, of 49.5 gets hit. uh, And I think the Badgers uh, start off. They didn't have Parsons last year. He opted out. Did he opt out? Right. Sorry. So they lost him last year. So can they really say they lost him this year? Great take, man. I will retract my statement. (laughs) Uh, which brings us to what I think is the most marquee game uh, of this week, because I think the other game uh, is going to be a blowout. Uh, But Indiana is coming to Iowa city where Iowa is three and a half point favorites. The over and under set at 45 and a half. Uh, Indiana obviously was six and two last year. Tom Allen's breakout season. Uh, The defensive coordinator has left to take the South Alabama job. Uh, So how does that affect Indiana moving forward? Uh, Also, how healthy is Michael Penix uh, Jr. for Indiana? I know that Tom Allen came out and and said that, no, he's 100% healthy and ready to be the starter. I don't know if I believe that. Uh, I don't know if anybody who tears their ACL towards the end of last season would be ready to go uh, by the beginning of this season. Uh, but I, I hope he does not prove me wrong. Iowa, of course, went 6-2 and two last year, and their two losses were from a combined five points. Um, they were offensively sound. Uh, the question for Iowa is going to be whether Petrus can actually throw the ball downfield and to what uh, uh, defenses or and, – and or sorry, into what – uh, weapons, and then finally, uh, how is Iowa's defensive line going to fill in? I believe on their two deep, they are starting a true freshman in the two deep. I don't think right uh, as a starter. My apologies, but uh, can Iowa and their um, and their inexperienced defensive line stop an Indiana, uh, you know, um, running gun attack? Uh, with a Michael Penix Jr. I'll open it up. I think Iowa covers easily here. Uh, I'm not super sold on the Indiana train, but I will be. I will say this. Iowa lost two games last year by a combined five points, and they get almost their entire t- team back other than a couple wide receivers uh, and, some, and some individuals on the defensive line. I think that Iowa's linebacker core is going to be super sound this year. I think their secondary – uh, is uh, is is super legit. So I think Iowa covers here uh, and continues their march um, uh, to to win the Big Ten West. And I think the over of forty five and a half gets hit here too. Uh, so Sal's bonds, why don't you go ahead? Okay, I'm gonna first, I'm gonna spend the the first half of this uh, insulting you personally. Um, <laughs> you know, Iowa gets everybody back except for you know their their their. All American tackle, their defensive their line, yes. their top two wide receivers, uh, you know, the other half of their running back combination, and they have an inexperienced quarterback. And but they get Ivory Kelly Martin. Other back. than that, oh, oh boy, who? Um, is is as poor as I find your justification. I can't, I can't 
ar- I can't argue with the result. I think Iowa does cover. Um, I I do think Indiana was was following a hype fest last year. Um, they got that early early big win over Penn State with that last second call, and I think that kind of carried them. Um, their defense was tremendously opportunistic. I think Iowa's style of football is going to be take care of the ball, um, so they're not going to create those opportunities. Um, I got Iowa, and I got the over, um, and I and I got, yeah, I, I just I just think that Iowa's offense is 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 going to find players to fill in the gaps. I'm not there's not going to be a star. Um, I mean, uh, what's his name? Goodson. Uh, Goodson. He's he's obviously a, a, a good running back, but there's couple tight ends out there there's going to be a, there's going to be a couple receivers who nobody knows who the hell they are um and spencer spencer petrus is going to be an adequate game manager and that's all he needs to be slim what do you got yeah unfortunately this game's probably an indictment on indiana and hopefully not being a fluke last year but i think you're right iowa gets out to a marginal lead and milks it away by just sitting on the ball or you know jet sweep followed by uh two up the middle runs to barely get a first down and they'll just put together a couple eight minute drives eat up clock so i'm taking the under as well as iowa to cover papa well just to be different i i'm gonna take the over but i'm actually gonna go with indiana here um, I, I, I know that it seems all smoke and mirrors, but I'm a, I'm a Tom Allen believer. Um, I, I think that their defense is, is quite a bit better than what we see typically in the big 10 West, at least what we did last year outside of, of Wisconsin. So I, I think that they can do it. I think the big X factor is if Penix can stay healthy for the whole game and actually be the quarterback that they need him to. But with the new defensive coordinator in know. Indiana as well. Yeah, new defensive coordinator, but you still got a lot of really talented players to, to be there to to use. I think as important as coaching is, the people you put on the field are probably more important. Yeah, and you know, I I I I do think Iowa is going to be better offensively than people people think. Iowa was actually somewhat dynamic last year, and I understand that they, they lose some weapons. Um, but I think they continue that upward trajectory, and uh, the Hawkeyes are going to win the West and then surprise Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game, and uh, it's going to be great. They're going to go to the CFP and probably get their shit tossed by Alabama, so it's going to be great. As long as, as long as Stanford's <laughs> not playing against them, then we're good. Yeah, as long as Stan, yeah, exactly. So, Which brings us to the uh, last and most anticlimactic game that we have on the, on the slate today. Uh, Ohio State's going to go into the newly named – Huntington Bank Stadium, uh, where they are 13 and a half point favorites, uh, and they're uh, over and under set at 64 and a half. Uh, obviously, PJ Fleck followed up his 2019 um, breakout season with a three and four record in 2020. Uh, as Big Papa will tell you, COVID really hit the Gophers hard. Um, uh, you know, OS, uh, Ohio State has a brand new quarterback, but they are, but he that new quarterback is going to be throwing uh, to probably the two best wideouts uh, in college football. Uh, the question that I have for this group is, can Minnesota keep it within two touchdowns at the new Huntington Bank Stadium, or will Huntington Bank or will Huntington Financial 
uh, quickly be reselling TCF Bank to rename um, TCF Bank Stadium after the showing the Gophers provide on Thursday night. I think we'll start with Slim. Um, Well, uh, if history serves me correct, the Gophers are a terrible team out of the block, or first game of the season. Last year, a soul-crushing loss to an awful, awful Michigan team. Uh, the previous year, um, I think they hung on by the skin of their teeth to, was it South Dakota State? I just don't think Minnesota's a great team early on in the season, or I don't know if they, I don't know what their deal is, but um, I, I think this is an absolute bloodbath, and I think Ohio State whips them. I think Minnesota has a good team. And I and I think season long, I think they're going to have a, a winning record and a and a positive season. But I I don't think this is a good matchup for the Gophers defense. I don't think this is. Um, I just I don't I think Ottman Bell, their their wide receiver, their one lone weapon who has experience in the catching catching the ball, he's probably not going to play. Um, after that, who who can you throw the ball to? Cole Keefe, Clay Geary, um, my grandma. Um, I don't know who else <laughs> Which one? is going to catch the ball. Kathy. Ooh, Kathy. Kathy. She, she, she can make separation. Well, I just said uh, yeah. the next the next like leading pass catcher is Daniel Jackson, who played in a few games last year and then had, what, maybe 20 catches? So I... I I just don't think we're going to be able to pass the ball very much. I don't think anybody's going to get room um, in the secondary. Now, I do think we may have some success running the ball, but we're going to have to, the Gophers are going to have to put up a lot of points to stay with um, Ohio State, especially with how poor the Minnesota run defense was last year. Oh, and not to mention we have to go against the two best wide receivers in college football. So Ohio State will cover. But I, I, I will think I do think the over is going to hit on this game. Sal's, um, uh, you can pretty much take everything Luke said, and and yeah, I, I just think Ohio State is too much. Um, two touchdowns. I, I don't, I don't know what people might see in uh, Ohio State is replacing a lot. I guess a great quarterback, but. They, they they got somebody in the in the blocks and, it, and realistically, it doesn't matter. Um, and the, the other the other thing that I, I I thought was funny that you guys might enjoy, Greg McElroy on College Football Live today said that Ohio State has the biggest statement to make in the Big Ten. Um, I don't know how that can be, but I found it hilarious and I'm going to go with it. Um, I, I think Minnesota is is going to struggle to pass the ball. I I do think Mo's going to have a lot of yards, probably a touchdown, um, but unfortunately, Gophers are going to come away with too many field goal attempts. Notice I'm saying attempts. So hey, they have a new kicker. Oh great, that'll oh. work out. Hold on, Big Papa. He was Hold all on, Mac. Big Papa. He you'll, was all you'll go. South bombs. Do you have the over or the under? Uh, I got the under. The under. I think uh, new quarterbacks not gonna not gonna need to throw it, and and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get their points, and then they're they're gonna rely on their two 
what well one and and what everybody's saying is going to be a second great running back. So yeah, before I let the uh, the the resident go go for Bobo uh, close us out, I do have to say I think Ohio State uh, will cover uh, two touchdowns here. I do have the under. Uh, however, I don't think there's you know a, a lot in a Big Ten game. Uh, you know, blowing a team out by two touchdowns and, you know, having uh, over 64 and a half points is is a good pick on, on my end. Um, so I'm going to uh, match uh, Salzbaum's picks uh, in that Ohio State will cover, uh, but uh, but the the over will not hit. Uh, so I'm calling the under here. And Big Papa, I don't know if you want me to lead you into some theme music or anything like that, uh, uh, or if I could do that dumb little fucking gopher that like looks on the screen when they're going to kick, when the opposing team is going to kick a field goal, if you want me to do that quick for you, but take it away. The floor is yours. Tell us why the gophers are going to hey, actually before win you this start, game. I just got to say, Matt, your, your attempt at, at trolling mm-hmm. and, or not trolling at the attempt at making fun of Huntington bank stadium, re giving the naming rights or trying to give the naming rights you saw an opening there, but you didn't hit it. You ran into the back of your blocker there. Okay. <laughs> the two weeks didn't give you enough ammo there. You might need to go back on suspension again. Think about what I you've will done. say. Change your best. I will say they announced the the name change. Failures um, growth. You know, uh, pretty um, not not too long ago. That was June when they announced that. Right. I've been working on that. I need more time to develop that develop that joke. So my apologies. Yeah. And actually, I just work work. I just heard it. about it today when I looked it up. So that's why I, I, I came up with that on the fly. But Big Papa, floor's yours. Tell us it's why Minnesota's. Right. It's not going to be that bad for the Gophers. But uh, what's going on? <laughs> I I certainly think that this game is going to be under. Um, I, I think Minnesota. Their only chance of winning this game is if they can control the clock have long sustained drives and really limit the number of possessions for Ohio state. So I, I think that there just aren't going to be enough possessions for Ohio state to score, um, to hit the over here. I, I do think that they're going to cover 13 and a half. I, this feels to me like they're going to win by 14. Um, if it was 14 and a half points, I would maybe lean towards Minnesota. Um, but two touchdowns just seems like an appropriate amount. I think they're going to keep it close, but I don't think they're going to, they're going to win. Um, so do you have them? Do you have Minnesota being within two touchdowns or Ohio State? I think Minnesota, Minnesota, I think will be within two touchdowns most of the game. Ohio State's going to score late to go up 14, at least 14 to cover the, the spread. A, a moral victory for the, for the Buckeyes. I, a moral victory for the Gophers. I mean, an actual victory for the Buckeyes, but I, I, I just don't think that, as as it's been said before, I, I mean, Minnesota has had some slow starts. Although, I mean, a few years ago, they opened the season against a pretty highly ranked TCU team and took them down to the wire. I think I it'll be interesting to see what, what shakes out, but I don't have high expectations that they're going to pull off a W year. I do have one question for you guys, though. The last time Minnesota yeah. played a number four ranked team, how did that work out for them? And who did they play? Was it Iowa in the um, in Iowa City? It wasn't. Nope. It was. Wasn't Penn State six? It was Penn State in 2019. Was fourth ranked in the country, just like Ohio State is Ooh, right now. Fourth. 
Yep. Numbers don't what, lie. What was, that, what was that quarterback's name? Sean Clifford. Trace, Trace McSorley. McSorley. Sean Clifford, same guy. And he's, yeah. and he's still there. He's gone. <laughs> Sean Clifford was the quarterback then. He's still there. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Yeah. He's been there a while. So he has been there a while. I, hey, I'll say this though to your comments about throwing passes. I do agree that missing Ottman Bell be a problem. I, I, because I'm a rube. I rewatched the game that they played against Wisconsin at the end of last year. One thing that they did do quite a bit in that game is they did th- start throwing their ball, the ball a little bit to their running backs, which they've historically never done. Cam Wiley caught a touchdown pass in that game. There were a couple other passes that they attempted. So I, that's going to be my kind of under the radar take that actually a running back is going to be maybe not leading the team in receiving yards on Thursday, but certainly going to be in the top two or three. Like it's, it's, they're going to get a a plenty of targets. And Haynes, um, that TCU game was six years ago. Just so we're all on the same page. That's I mean, the last time they played a, a real outside of last year in Michigan, that they played a real team, though, to start off the season. The other Thursday night games they're playing. You don't think of Jackrabbits are real? trashy yeah. teams, right? I'm just saying, like, that was outside of last year. That was the last time they played, like, a real heavy hitter game, first game of the season. Buffalo against the guy who's now at um, Kansas. Oh. Sam. I don't know, it'll be it'll be fun to finally watch some real football across the board. I mean, as fun as it is watching two trashy Illinois and Nebraska teams play, watching the full slate of Big Ten games will be fun. Well, we'll get to see Haynes. the – go ahead, Sam. Haynes, um, the over-under on Minnesota this year is seven games. Are you hammering the over? Hammering the over. Jake? That moved then. Uh, not hammering – but I'm I'm I'll, I'll, I'm putting money on the over. I think there's I think their schedule lines up, especially if Indiana is as bad as you guys all say they are. Well, then I definitely am hammering the over. Well, I don't think we're saying Indiana's bad. I just think we're worried more about the health of their quarterback. I think Indiana is going to be a completely different team by the time the Gophers play them. Like, but Penix is not going to be in the game. I'm with you guys though. I th- I think they win. I think I think they go eight and four. I think they lose to Wisconsin, Iowa, Ohio State, and um, any combination of, of like a Maryland or a Indiana. One of those. I think they lose one of their um, crossover game. The other crossover game. Maybe. It's kind of interesting, the Gophers beat writer for 247, outside of last year where they didn't play the full season. So I kind of throw that out because they only played, what, six games COVID. or something like that. So it's kind of hard to to play a full season projection. But since 2016, he's been almost right on every single year. There was one year he was one game under. I think he thought they'd be 7-5, and five and they ended up being 6-6. Six and six. And then 2019, he thought they'd be 9-3, and three and they ended up being 10-2. and two. Um, so he was one game on the up, under. But other than that, he's been exactly on all the other years, and he's only been off by one. And he thinks they're going to be 9-3 and three this year. So, again, I, I'm not saying I'm mortgaging the house on it, but I, I do think that it's very plausible they go at least 8-4. and four. 
But that's why they play the games, right? Yep, I guess so. So, Matt, you, you predict that Iowa will be the Big Ten West champ over Wisconsin or over Minnesota? Or over somebody Wisconsin. else, I should say. Over Wisconsin. I, I think I think Wisconsin goes to Chicago and beats Notre Dame. Uh, I think, um, uh, you know, Wisconsin may get out uh, of their would entire... would have no bearing on the Big Ten. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I, I'm just talking Good through their schedule. Good anecdote, though. Okay. Uh, well, I'm just talking through their schedule, just like uh, um, you just did. So, um... <laughs> I didn't uh, say shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I think that they beat Penn State this weekend, and then they're obviously they're off right before Notre Dame. So I think they, they beat Notre Dame. I think they beat Michigan at home. Uh, they go to Illinois and beat them. They beat Army at home. They go to Purdue and beat them. Uh, I think they beat Iowa at – no, I think Iowa beats them at home. Uh, and then uh, they, they beat Rutgers at Rutgers. Uh, and then, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota, but I don't know – if Iowa gets through Indiana uh, and then it, it's all going to come down to Halloween in Madison for me, if, if, if Iowa beats Wisconsin in Madison, which they did um, in what was that? 2015 uh, on just that awful game. It was like 12, nine or something like that. Iowa fumbled the that ball. Was an exciting and, game. We were at that game. <laughs> no, no, no. That was, a, that was, a, uh, that was 2017 when we, when we went. Oh, was it? Yeah. Because we had sure? this house. Yep, 2015. They uh, Wisconsin fumbled the ball like on their own, like on Iowa's one yard line, uh, and Iowa recovered and ended up winning that game like 12 seven or something like that. So, are you sure? I I I I am fairly confident in the fact that we went to that game in 2015. Well, I'll tell you this: we I know that we were at the day. I know that oh, I know that we were at the game. In, uh, we were at the game in 2017. It was colder, colder than shit. That we had that bonfire at your house beforehand. Yeah, that must but have been 2015. We went to your we went to your apartment. Oh yeah, could be. Yep, 2018. It was no 20. Must have been 2019 when it was. Anyways, so Haynes, who wins the Big Ten West then, and why? I said Wisconsin um, just because until somebody else proves that they can beat them, I, I'm going to go with, with chalk. Well, I mean, I would pick Northwestern if they weren't going to be so trashy this year. <laughs> if, if Honestly, if Northwestern won the Big Ten West this year, like you couldn't pay Pat Fitzgerald enough money. Like He'd be the best coach in my eyes that has ever coached any football. Like Lombardi 2.0. Rocky Lombardi? <laughs> I think the real question I have for you, Mondo, is if Iowa loses to Indiana and then follows that with going to to Ames to have to play a pretty tough Iowa State team the following week, what's your level of concern that they could start off the season 0-2 and then have the wheels fall off the bus pretty early in the season? A pretty high level of concern, um, but that's what exactly what happened last year, and then they rattled off six straight. Uh, you know, last year they lost to a, a Purdue team by one point uh, and then, uh, you know, lost their next game by uh, uh, four points so, or maybe it was the other way around. So uh, I'm, you know, obviously I'd be very concerned. 
um, and it, they would be, they wouldn't be meeting my expectations. But uh, you know, I wouldn't put it put it past Kirk to to rattle off you know another six win straight. But um, again, Iowa's schedule isn't uh, isn't that tough once they get through Iowa State, right? Kent State, Colorado State, Maryland, Penn State, Purdue, and then they're off right again before Wisconsin, uh, and then uh, they get Minnesota at home. Uh, and then they, you know, go to Lincoln. So it's there's not much there. There's a couple tests, but um, you know, if they get through two of them, um, I'd be happy with that. Uh, and you know, from the Big Ten perspective, I think I'd rather have them. This is going to be sacrilege for any Iowa fan. I'm not even going to say it uh, because they're going to win both the Indiana and the Iowa State game. Um, but yeah, I mean, concerned coming out out two. But again, that's what they did last year and ended up six two. I think the, the they really need to beat Indiana because if they if they don't beat Indiana, their margin for error is razor thin. That means like you can't you can't trip trip up against any of those other middle of the road Big Ten teams like Maryland. I think, I think you can't lose that. You can't and, absolutely and, can't lose to Penn State. Indiana is the team that they can lose to and still still have a very easy control their own destiny because. If you lose your crossover game, yeah, it's still a loss, but you're still if you can beat the teams in your division, you're still handing out losses. Yeah, but like they still I If mean, they start 0 and 2, that is that, that is not a problem. And I'm sorry, but these are division 1 athletes who are at least a little bit more mentally yeah. secure in order to not let the wheels fall off after losing to two top 20 teams. I'm just saying at some point, though, like, I think if you lose to Indiana, your margin of error gets razor thin because then you really have to, you, you, you have to beat Wisconsin and Minnesota then because you can't, or you can't lose, you can't lose to, you can't lose two more Big Ten games after that. They did that. it last you year. You just can't. You have to beat, they, who did? Iowa. They lost their first two and then rattled them off. I guess my point is, though, it's just like, you're, you're. Your margin of error is super. I think thin. you're overinflating you of... how good Wisconsin's going to be. I think. I, but I'm just I, saying Wisconsin's you have to win two to trip out of three. Up. I mean, I, I, they're they're yeah. not going to go undefeated. So I just I just. But I'm just saying you have it. to win two out of three between Penn State, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Iowa has won the th- three of the last four games in Camp Randall. Really? So they're due to lose. <laughs> I, but it, I don't you know. know it, I'm I'm with Haynes. I do not trust Spencer Petrus to lead Iowa to a victory at Camp Randall. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they win the West. I'm just saying that if they lose the first two games, it's it's not it's, it's not, not a must win season, back against the wall. Like you you have to you have to run these out. Like here, I think their they margin have to for is going to be the same as if the Gophers lose one Big Ten game. I mean, it's so even if they even if they lose to Penn State, right? Even if they lose to Penn State and Indiana, they've that's two Big Ten losses. Then their next test is really at Wisconsin. If they rattle off all the rest of them, and Wisconsin dumps one somewhere along the way, which honestly, I, looking at it, I don't know. Where they do, then they owe the tiebreaker over tiebreaker over Wisconsin anyway. So I mean, the West is not out of consideration, even if they lose Indiana and Penn State. Now they need some help to get there, but <clears throat> their schedule actually shapes up pretty nicely, right? You get through Iowa State, Kent State, Colorado State, at Maryland, and then let's you know, let's say for all intents and purposes, just for argument's sake, they lose to Penn State. Then they go Purdue at Wisconsin again. It all comes back to Madison at Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois at Nebraska. Um, 
you know, there's there's some tests there, but it's not anything overly scary, right? I, I think that they have a lot of wiggle room on their in their schedule. I think Iowa can win or can lose two games in the Big Ten uh, and still win the West. Uh, I don't know who Wisconsin dumps one to. I don't know what you know what Wisconsin's Illinois is this year, right? <clears throat> um, so, uh, but as long as they win in Madison, essentially, they um, I think they'll be just fine. Just I'm just looking at Wisconsin's schedule now, and they start off tough, like at home. Well, they but they start off like they have four home games in a row. Well, Notre Dame is neutral site. But four games at home in a row, then at Illinois. I don't think anybody's too nervous about that. Home versus Army. Or I'm sorry. They are at Army, at Purdue, but then home Iowa. Just their home, their away games just don't really scare me. No, and but the thing is, is that their bye is the third week of the season. So they have to rattle off essentially, you know, nine games without a break going into rivalry season, right? which <clears throat> it, it all depends on how, you know, can Purdue be the Purdue of, you know, three years ago where they're beating Ohio State, beating Iowa, but then losing to everybody else, right? It, it, it's, I think it's wide open in the West this year, but I do like Iowa's chances based on their um, their defense uh, against Wisconsin, but I make no mistake about it, that Iowa-Wisconsin game on October 30th is going to be like 9-6. to six. It's going to be an awful game, um, and um, both defenses are going to hold tight, uh, and it, it's going to be kind of like that, that Minnesota-Iowa game at Kinnick. What was it? It was colder than shit that day. We were there, and it was honestly like 10-7. Twelve zero in uh, in Kinnick uh, in twenty in two thousand. Oh, that was at Minnesota. Nope, I'm looking at it right now. Two thousand nine. It was at Kinnick. It was twelve to zero. Oh, two thousand nine. Yep. I'm thinking of was it fourteen? Minnesota won one of those really cold games. Yeah, but... <laughs> I don't remember which one it was. There was it a game in Minnesota where that, that Iowa won Not like twelve many. to zero. They they kicked like four field goals and that was it. It wasn't 2014. Oh, sorry, that was 2013. Sorry. So do we? So is it time now that we get our our bad picks out of yeah, the way? Yeah, our bad picks out of the way. Um, before we forget, yeah, that's a, I mean, I think it's a little unfair because like we don't have John and J- John and Dan get like the full benefit of like all of our picks. Yeah, that's true. That's the other thing. Like when we did our bad picks, like I only had to choose from both of your picks and i didn't get to bounce it off anybody else so i think they get there's, a, an advantage there's there. nothing against you taking your own pick as your bad pick either so just to just hedge your bets there um well if i would have known that last week uconn would have been the pick for sure um i'm trying to see where people are are, are different here um i'm i'm my bad pick is going to be um haynes taking illinois to cover five and a half against the Roadrunners. My bad pick is that you think that Michigan State Northwestern are going to get the over on 44 and a half. Me? I just don't think there's any. Yeah, there's just no way. 
just five punt return for t- punt returns for touchdowns. That could happen. Yeah, the only way that hits the over <clears throat> is multiple defensive scores. It's it's the first week. You never know. Jake, what, hey, it worked for Illinois. Sals, what's your bad pick? Boy, I don't know. <clears throat> um, some things that you're. I didn't give you guys the gimme one this time. <clears throat> you're on an island with you me kinda, for the I Maryland think, game. I think you uh, kind of did, Ains. What? I think taking Illinois. God, they're bad. And you also took Indiana, Haynes, and everybody else took Iowa. Yeah, I think I gotta go with that. I don't think Indiana's gonna win. I, 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 I have a pretty high degree of confidence in that. Come on, Indiana, three and a half. Luke? So Jake picks Haynes, and Matt picks Haynes. Can you sensing a theme? That's how this rolls. Well, he's four and six on you the year. Pick me. He's sub five hundred. He's Adrian Martinez. <laughs> hey, I'm one in, I'm two for two in the Big Ten, though. Um, as much as I don't want to do this, I'm going to say Jake and Tyler. Um, they're going to their pick for Nebraska to win by 41. And <laughs> I thought about hedging on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> that's so many points. I'm, I'm, I just I'm thinking that five to, to account for the Schadenfreude of of all the Nebraska fans that are gonna love just beating the fuck out of Fordham. Fordham. Where where is Fordham located? Is that in New York City? Yes, it is in New York City. Yeah. So the. <laughs> Patriot League has a team from New York. Um, I think um, Minnesota. What's, what's the one in Indiana? Butler. Butler They're yep. in that league. Valparaiso. Can you Valparaiso name the Minnesota in that this year? Playing a Patriot Drake League is in that league. St. Thomas. San Diego is in that league. That's a huge it, like spread. All over the place. Yeah. They get their frequent flyer miles in the Patriot League. Well, they save all the money <laughs> on scholarships they, and just charge it on airfare. Is this is this like like the minor leagues? They just they they get like a, a charter bus or like even a school bus and just take them to the games. They gotta drive themselves. <laughs> they gotta double up in a school bus. <laughs> why would okay? Maybe we're going off Beat topic here, but Morris. why would St. Thomas want to join that league? Do they have other because well, they don't have the go. money yet to offer a football scholarship program. My bet. With that endowment they have? I'm sure yeah, they that got they the- got to do other stuff with, you know, think about all the other sports that they got to carry scholarships on now. Yeah, that's just... Hockey? It seems like a no-win league to, to play in. What people Basketball. in Minneapolis are going to get excited about them playing against Fordham or Butler or San Diego? Yeah, they do. And they'll they'll sprinkle I, in some FCS and maybe some big boy Division ones, but those will be non conference games. That's not what you can build like momentum for your program around. Holy they're crap! Gonna, they're gonna build. They're gonna rebuild the rivalry that they lost with St. John's with the Ford Hamptons. <laughs> I just don't, I just don't understand the the thought process there. Well, where would but. they go? They can't get into the valley, right? They can't get into the. Um, isn't the the great or where were we before 
we got into the valley. Missouri Valley. We were in the. Uh, uh, there was the or, Great no, West. Summit? No, the not Great West. Sky West or something. Or there's the. There's the Big Sky. Big Sky. Big Sky that's the Montana it. schools and. Could have just uh, gone to the Y app and played, and played, uh, Whitewater every other day. <clears throat> I think I think they did that. I think they went to the Wyack, and the Wyack also wanted to make them pay. That was the stupidest fucking decision in the whole entire world. I can't believe the Wyack. It's so stupid. You know, I kind of like the 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 cojones of them to say like, "Well, fuck you." Then we're going D one. I mean, it, it's I don't know. Oh, it was the right choice. I like. <clears throat> don't get me wrong. It was the right choice. But right. Yeah, choosing choosing the uh, the JVs of the D one, choosing the McAllisters of the world. Yeah, they're all upset. I don't even know if that's even the JVs. Like that's that's like the freshman B squad. The Saint the Saint Olafs of the world. The, the Olies. Luke, how's NDSU going to be this year? They have a talented team coming back. They have two really, really good receivers. One who his name is Christian Watson. He he'll probably he'll probably sniff getting drafted. Um, we just got a transfer quarterback from Virginia Tech. Right. Um, his is name Zeb is going to come back ever. Zeb Nolan is gone. Someone tweeted today that the past four um, uh, uh, quarterbacks from NDSU are. Carson Wentz with the with the Colts, Easton Stick with the Chargers, Trey Lance with the 49ers, and Zeb Nolan, who's now the starter at South Carolina. See, if when people are writing these articles, they're they're not smart because Zeb Nolan, like, he was the starter going into the last year and he lost his job like six games in. Right. He's not that good. He's no, gonna be he's terrible. Awful. I mean, there's a reason that he wasn't on South Carolina's rock. I mean, they're like six guys deep. Now. He lost. He, I mean, he, Luke, they might. Zeb couldn't. You calling you up Z- next? Zeb couldn't sniff juice at Iowa State, which is why he came to NDSU, and then he got his ass canned at NDSU, and then went to South Carolina to be a graduate coach, and then the, he had a year of eligibility left, and they lost their three first quarterbacks in fall camp, and so they they were like, strap it up, Zeb. Did they not know I, that I, I can't say I blame them? Like that's pretty sweet, though. Yeah, I would. I mean, if you're just hanging out there being a coach and they're like, hey, do you want to start for an SEC school? What else? Do so I do you have? Of eligibility remaining. J.R. Smith yes. is playing college golf. Golf? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Did he end up getting cleared? Yeah. I knew that was yeah. like they were. He was still trying to go yeah. through that. Okay, yeah, I, I don't understand it. I don't. I mean, I don't understand someone who can make millions of dollars in one sport and come still have eligibility in another. I guess it makes sense if the bright line is thus. It's just like baseball. Yeah. Well, I guess Tony Romo is essentially yeah. still an. Yeah, Amber Russell golfer. Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson played professional baseball and was able to come back to Wisconsin and um, play football. So he's a quarterback he, for the Cardinals Tom, right now. Or, uh, Tyler Murray. Winky. Kyle Murray, same deal. Chris Winky was 26. Or did he actually play, though? And Brandon, Brandon Whedon, he was a college That's quarterback right. at Oklahoma State until he was like 28. Yep. Drew Henson, I think a while back for Michigan was the same story. Chris but, Winky? Yeah, they could do it. Why not JR? Yeah. Minnesota's finest. Yep. JR Smith's from Minnesota? No. No. Chris Winky. He actually went to high school with Minga. Mm-hmm. Jarrett Smith? Yeah. In Mongolia? 
No, New Jersey. That's wild. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, good for him. Have you have you followed? He's like live tweeting his college experience. It's like school's hard, man. And then like, and then like, someone asked him if he was on a meal plan. He was like, "Yeah, my American Express." <laughs> that's that's like all the all the all the football players now. They're gonna be eating the. They're gonna be eating lobster and caviar every other uh, every other day. Why not? Think that, about how uh, high performance athletes they Ewers Signed a seven figure contract just 1. to sign a few million. bodies. 